You know, Garrett. Yes, sir. If I had worked in an office circa 2004, I believe, uh, I'm sure there would have been a lot of water cooler talk. A lot of water cooler talk about, hey, what do you think about this whole Iraq war thing? You know me? You know what I was talking about? I'd jump into that conversation. I would I would grab each man by their shoulder and I would insert myself into that conversation. I'd say, holy smokes! Did you see Kelly Clarkson get yelled at by a British man? <laughs> <laughs> wow! That is incredible. Oh my god! Television oh. these days. Did you see their reactions? Did you see their visual, their visual and relatable reactions to stress filmed in front of a camera? These guys are awesome. going to be stars. They were like me <laughs> if I was them. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Roll and Move, the internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the worst board and card games out there and we play them for you guys and talk about them, break them apart, what makes them work and what makes them doesn't work. That's not a word or a proper grammar there. I'm your first co-host uh, and one of the creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Youngerberg, and with me here as always is... Gary Lively, and I'm I'm, I'm the nice judge on the show. Are you a Paula nice or Randy nice? Are you like cool dude nice? I'm, I feel like... I feel I'm, I'm... I feel Jeff's more of the Paula. He's, he's a little... I think Jeff's Paula. He gives I'm the Paula based on the He gives those seven and a halfs out, you know, when everyone yeah. else For is small soldiers. experience. Yeah. See, I would say I'm Simon Cowell, but I think I'm more McNasty. I think <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that later. And with us here also is... Jeff Lee. I guess I'm the Paula of the show. So, uh, sweetie, you did a great job, but yeah, I'm just going to have to go with someone else. <laughs> I'm pretty surprised that she didn't try and patent her copyright the... Because, like, you know, Randy's <laughs> Randy's thing was dog. Simon Cowell's thing was just soul-crushing insults. And Paula Paula had the inhale. She had the inhale down. I wish you could see me. But, yeah, like, inhaling the air into the sides of your teeth while you're kind of smiling, that's that's the image I'm getting. The- yeah. I wonder, I wonder we, need to, we need to go back and look at it. Was Tim Daggett or Paula Abdul the first? <laughs> the first. The, the, oh. Oh. <laughs> You just get our, our, our listeners are going to have no idea who Tim Daggett is, Garrett. You and I are the only people who obsess over Tim Daggett. I bet there's quite a bit of crossover between people who watched American Idol and people who watched the U.S. Uh, Olympics. <laughs> For those who don't know, <laughs> Tim Daggett. Ex- exploitation of 16-year-old girls is, is key in both shows. So. It's also great TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's a formula. All right, so Garrett, we're taking a look at American Idol, the card game. Collectible uh, the card tra- game. The collectible card game, excuse me. Based on American Idol uh, Season 3. Right. So did you guys actually watch American Idol, aside from our... You know our you know what's funny here? is I think I only watched one season. I think it was the season. So I, I my my family was big into it. My my mom was big into it. Yeah, I um I remember everyone just buzzing about it the first season uh, mm-hmm. with like Kelly and Justin. Is that the other guy? And then they made that movie. And then... um. But honestly, the only thing I'd ever watched was were the auditions. I like didn't really care after that um, because it was like super lampooned during the auditions, right. and then everything mm-hmm. else was like I don't, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the the auditions were just a freak show. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was just a, it was like a wheel them out so we can point gawk and laugh at them. Like that was. It's just like being a middle school talent show all over again, <laughs> man. It was perfect. So naturally, if you gotta have a show that is a hit like that. You're going to have to make a card game out of it. But before we can really dig into it, we talked about our personal experiences with American Idol. Garrett, you said you were doing a little bit of digging 
into American Idol that might help sort of enrich this understanding of the card game itself. Do you, can you elaborate on some of that information? Absolutely. So yeah, American Idol premiered back in 2002 for season one, and it broadcast on Fox, which I believe it's still broadcasting on Fox. And the first eight seasons, they had the, the classic judges, um, and you may have to edit this out. I don't know if we'll get in trouble for saying his name. Uh, Randy Jackson, Paula Abdul, and of course, Simon Cowell. Whoa, dude. Ooh, hang on. Man, man. hold on. I can't say that. Did you mean nasty? Well, uh, nasty. Well, Get it Simon right. Cowell was the the actual judge of the show. Whether or not he made it to the game, we'll, we'll find out later. Of course, there were, as you mentioned, Justin and Kelly were the first major stars. Of course, we had Carrie Underwood come from American Idol, Ruben Stutter, Jennifer Hudson, Clay Aiken, Adam Lambert um, among the huge stars that were developed. And, and I think there was the sense that like pretty much anyone who won American Idol was going to go on to have this incredible career within the music industry, like forever changing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think American Idol has really impacted the music industry that much, but they have certainly impacted the television industry. They were yes. an absolute juggernaut on television yeah, right. for its initial run on the show. Um, for eight consecutive years, they had either the performance show or the result show was ranked as the number one U.S. television rated show. They totally uh, pioneered the mm-hmm. like the competition judge style format for reality right. shows. I mean, look at how many there are now. I mean, you can and kind of that live reveal and like calling in, you know, in a specified time window. I'm not sure if they were the first mm-hmm. to do that, but they were. They certainly popularized it and had that live reveal on air. You get the live reaction of the. You know, people told that their dreams are over and that you're going home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and yeah, they just. I, Why I, are you laughing at that, Gary? Well, I, I wasn't laughing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I, well, I think they caught on to something and like it's so easy to, to broad. I mean, because like they really capitalized on people going through really painful moments where they're told that you're not good enough to be a singer on this competition, you know, you know, as, as Jeff said, the, the, the best part in the show is in the initial auditions where you had these people that right. thought they were incredible singers that were told like, dude, you cannot hold a single tune. There's without a doubt singers buried in the masses that are sort of like producers come up with. What if we had a guy who comes in and he starts rapping to Snoop Dogg and he's a 70 year old <laughs> white man. Whoa, that's a, that's Mind a blowing. visual thing. Yeah. So I feel like there's like there's a little bit of producer magic in there, but as far yeah. as the relatability and people connecting to the show, that is really what reality TV does. It allows mm-hmm. us to have some sort of a deeper connection with the individuals who are going through the trials and tribulations before us. Because I mean, there's there's certain truths to I think what a lot of people want. I think to a certain extent, a lot of people want connection, and I think quite a lot of people want notoriety. They want to be, I, I won't say fame, but they want to be appreciated. And yeah. so to go out and see someone give give their everything on a show, there's a certain base level of human human connection and human empathy that I think reality shows do tap into. I have a question, though, Gare. Sure. Did this come out before or after Survivor? Uh, Survivor was 2000. This came out in 2001, Survivor. So Survivor had sort of like the big live reveals before American Idol then. Survivor did not have live reveals. That was all recorded up until... I believe a like few season seasons three. after. So they had the the final winner reveal, whereas Survivor has so Survivor has, you know, they only have the final reveal being live where you won a million dollars. They're telling somebody you won a million dollars. 
American Idol tapped into every week. They're telling somebody, "You're going home. You're you're out. You're done." <laughs> yeah, right? see you later, buddy. So like you're this, and they would take it even further by extending it. But like, all right, you guys are the bottom three. Stand here for 15 minutes, and we're gonna keep cutting in and out of commercial breaks. And like, you know, you get the nervous hand wringing of people up on stage. They're like, "Oh, this oh, might be know. all over for me." Survivor, they had those moments, but they weren't they weren't live. And 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 you know, they can edit it to make it very dramatic. Not to say that they can't do that, but. Mm-hmm. It's not that live reaction of like, here is this twenty minutes of tension that we are going to broadcast to the, the this poor guy. Yeah, they sold yeah. the tension to stand sure. out in front of someone. It's like mm-hmm. it's like putting a dunce cap on a kid and making them stand in front of the top of the class. <laughs> you got the lowest score on the last test, Jake. Yeah, and, <laughs> how do you feel so they, about they that? They would always have the final three up there on the stage, and Ryan Seacrest would go. You know, he'd go up to the first person and he'd be like, "Jeff Lee, you are." We'll take a commercial break. (laughs) No! (laughs) I just want to see somebody cry. I wish somebody would just like, just start crying. They're just trying to stay composed, but there you can see the start to sob like in between commercial breaks. Yeah. So they they really (sighs) tapped into that and it was wildly popular for the, you know, for a a very long time. It's kind of fallen off here. It's been, I think, canceled and and repicked back up a few times over the past four or five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, but from you know 2001 2002 until 2010 2011 something like that it was it was wildly popular and one of the highest rated shows on television what's kind of interesting i think is um so you know the whole american idol was like one of the only ways for people to not have a connection to the industry to be able to come up and become like you know all of a sudden relevant in the music industry for a lot of mm-hmm. ways um, but if you kind of map that over with like the rise of YouTube and then being able to, to self-promote, um, you, you start noticing that a lot more people uh, became famous through social media and YouTube. Like Justin Bieber, for example, I hate to use him as an example, but that's a really good he point, was Jeff. singing YouTube videos like he was just doing covers and then right. people are like, oh, this kid's so cute. <laughs> and then and then he and then like he was like singing and they're like, oh he's pretty good and then an agent picked him up and then because you know he's marketable right he's already done the work the legwork himself and proved that he can get viewers and subscribers um and then mm-hmm. and then it just blew up from there and then he became you know uh you know a top whatever artist um unfortunately but um you'll see <laughs> other people are doing the same thing like a t- like rap artists are putting out you know rap videos that are self produced they put it on YouTube they don't need these um you know big AAA productions or whatever and you don't need to be right. go on a game show. Um, so now it seems like a lot of the singing shows um, are more for the novelty than than the you know than the artistry itself. Like that's right. that's the way it seems to me. It's more about the you know it's more about the audience and it's more about the judges and it's less about the actual performances. But you know a lot of people that are just trying to get to um, being a big artist, they'll just do it through like some other means now. But at the time, would, that was the only way that you could do it. Yeah, it's sort of the last breath of the gatekeeping abilities of network television yeah. for fame and for for success. I've never and I never really thought of it like that before, but that's that's kind of interesting with what you're saying with the decline of the show and the rise of like YouTube. I would not be shocked if like most of the people still watching American Idol are probably over 40 or yeah. something along those yeah. lines. Yeah. And the whole like, you know, everyone always says 15 minutes of fame, but now it's like do we need to change that number? <laughs> because it's right. so much easier for anyone to put out. Like if you're talented and you put put out content on there, then mm-hmm. if you're good, and of course, all of this is encapsulated in the collectible card game. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're talking about human empathy and the connection to uh, freak shows, and yet the the pursuit of fame, let's dehumanize let's, a little. Let's, con- <laughs> let's dehumanize it and put it on little cardboard pieces of paper. 
Oh my god. <laughs> so done, done so by, uh, interestingly, uh, Fleer, who was known for making collectible cards and collectible sports memorabilia. Mm-hmm. They made this game in 2004. Unfortunately, uh, went defunct in 2005. They declared... It wasn't bankruptcy, but it was basically bankruptcy. I'm just it, picturing that stupid office scene now. Sorry. <laughs> You're right, right. Yeah, they, they just ran it. They, they ran up to Fox and declared bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. So, yeah. So, obviously, American Idol wanted to tap into collectible trading cards. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't wildly successful. They ended up making just the season three collectible card game. And Fleer, <laughs> shortly after, you know, went out of business. Uh, interestingly, American Idol tried their hand. It looks at about five times they tried their hand in tapping into the the gaming industry, at least the mm-hmm. the, the board gaming industry. They had the American Idol board game, the American Idol collectible card game, the American Idol All Star Challenge DVD game, the Monopoly My American Idol edition, and American Idol's Live Tour 2005 Road to Fame game Part One: The Auditions. So I I don't know how that, that, like all the others sound like yeah your basic ventures into the board gaming yeah market but that last one sounds a little funky <laughs> i'm not sure that one was released it, it has no votes or ratings on on board game geek but who knows mm. anyways uh I, I wanted to talk about fleer really quickly they seem to have done quite a few things wrong in their pretty long story career yeah so they were founded back in 1885 oh my and god and as i said as i said they went defunct in about 2005 mm-hmm. so and i think they were upper deck got their their intellectual property. Their yeah. properties, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they interestingly, I, I was reading through some of their legal battles, and I found a really great one that I wanted to share with everybody. And I'm gonna go ahead and apologize to anyone that's that is offended by <laughs> with a big smile offended by what words. I what I'm about to say. But I'm just gonna go ahead and read this. Don't verbatim. shoot the messenger, people. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. The, I, I will be offended for everyone listening. Go ahead. Go. In 1989, Bill Ripken's Fleer card showed him holding a bat with the expletive fuckface written in plain view on the knob of the bat. <laughs> Fleer subsequently rushed to correct the error and in its haste released versions in which the text was scrawled over with a marker whited out with correction fluid and also airbrushed. On the final corrective version, Fleer obscured the offensive word with a black box. This was the version included in all factory sets. Both the original card and many of the corrective versions have become collector's items as a result and there are at least 10 different variations of this card. As of February 2009, the whiteout version has a book value of $120, but it's oh been sold gosh. in mint condition on eBay for the asking price as high as $1,200. Years later, Ripken admitted to having written the expletive on the bat. However, he claimed he did it to distinguish it as a batting practice bat and did not intend to use it for the card. Some collectors list the card as the Rick face card. The script on the bat appears to make the word fuck look similar to Rick. <laughs> so big whoopsie you know you're nine or ten years old you pull out this card hey dad look at this awesome <laughs> can Jeez. i get a bat just like this like you know, and you know they're endorsing sports equipment i'm sure and you know well, yeah, like i want to buy this early ex- 90s yeah. they didn't have they didn't have access to photoshop so they yeah. just, they just <laughs> get a, grab a sharpie and some white out and like, reprint we can fix the this. no set. no 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 <laughs> Dad, I, what which model is this again? You're like taking it to the store owner, your local sports shop, and he's like taking a close look at it. He's like, I don't think we have one of these. Oh, Williams, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about that brand. So, right. so, hilari- so hilari- well, hilariously, I, I think you know after talking about all this, we're going into this game. Where we're like, there's no way to come up with a competent game from a sports card creator 
and then a reality TV juggernaut coming together to, to form a collectible card game. Right. But man, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. All right, Gare, let's, let's get down to the brass tacks. So where'd you pick up this game and what's it all about? Got this in the clearance section, half price books. I think we can go ahead and assume I'm, I'm going to grab my game from Half Price Books. They've got such an amazing... I, I don't know if it's just the people around me that rushed out mm-hmm. to buy these games and they... Or their grandmothers all bought them games. and they. You know what we can them. assume, though? That we're sponsored by Half Price Books. So Half Price Books, if you're listening, <laughs> why don't you shoot us a nice little email? Who's, who's Please! The, who's the Netflix lady that uh, encourages you to get rid of everything? Marie Kondo. Yeah, I want to also thank her for the yes. huge influx of all these dumb games that have been showing up recently. We're the complete opposite of Marie Kondo right now. <laughs> everything brings us joy, so we just buy right. everything. So, so it's just a nice little card deck size box, what you would you know buy some bicycle cards in that mm-hmm. usually have the two packs. Those are the 100, 110 cards in here. Um, for three bucks, I was like, man, this is a steal. It's got the classic trophy looking, you know, that silver metallic Mm-hmm. entertainer that they had with the uh the hollywood style neon light it's American like dance Idol. it's like ddr mm-hmm. like silhouette style right yeah. yeah 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 and i think that transitions nicely to what is in the box what's in the box and it's 110 cards and a half sheet of instructions my favorite is on the on the box cover. It says right under American Idol season three, 110 cards. Like, why does it need to <laughs> tell you exactly the box contents That's on the a front? Lot of cards. You just got to know how many collectible cards you're getting. 110 and, and cards. The whole, the whole collectible card game issue. I, I I am. I mean, I'm sure you guys can imagine. I'm confused about, but. We talked about this in in Small Soldiers Big Battle, where they label it collectible, but then they give you everything that you would collect in one package. Yeah, um, yeah. So they, there's they no well, they, there's no season four or anything else, so they just kind of and stopped. they didn't quite get that CCG uh, model down pat, but exactly. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so 110 cards. There are various cards. There are judge, judges cards. There are artist cards, and then there are song cards, and there's a couple of special ability cards, and and that's that's all that's in here. So. I think we can go straight to the rules, which I think is going to take up a little little bit of time because this is a surprisingly com not complex yeah. but very rule. I mean, it's it's a rule heavy game. I, I will. You say. actually played two different games. Yeah, basically. So basically, yeah, yeah, right. So so the game is split into two. So let's start with the first half. It's and it tries to mirror the process of going through American Idol. You start off with the auditions phase. So in the auditions phase, you as a player, you're trying to go through, you're trying to present a singer, you're trying to present a song that goes well with that singer, and then you're also trying to use judges to enhance your singer and songs and also take down other players' singers and songs. So, for example... So kind of buffs or debuffs are basically... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. absolutely. So every, every singer has four song categories so songs are broken down into red songs blue songs green songs and yellow songs i think we got that figured out as far as genre go we, we're pretty sure the yellow is r&b right we're pretty sure the yellow is r&b i'm not gonna call uh american idol racist but every time there was a person of color uh they would have a high score for yellow and the songs that were yeah for some reason the songs that were sure for yellow were, were, were typically also r&b, songs. R&B yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like wait what <laughs> They're like, yeah, this is, you're not fooling me. Uh, then there are songs in, in all those categories. So, like, for example, if if a song was R&B, it would be a yellow card, and it would have a value of 
X. So for example, in front of me, I've got Noel Roman. He is, he has the stats one red, one in red, three in blue, three in green, two in yellow. So then you would play a song on here uh, and you kind of want to do it where it's a song that's good in his category. So you may want a, a, a high green card or a high blue card for him. And then, so let's say I play a five blue card on him and he has a three blue singing rating that performance that that is considered a performance now a singer and a song so once you have a singer and a song you add together the two categories or the the, the category that they are aligned in so in this case blue and it's worth eight so now you can play judges on your performance to increase that value so some judges have a positive value some judges have a negative value you can only play one of each person so they have the actual judges from the show paula randy and nasty big n big nasty big nasty and I, and I think this is great we need to talk about this quickly is that for some reason i guess they didn't get the rights to feature simon cowell in the game and so Which they blows this... my mind he's an executive producer on the show he knew he basically owns american he knew Idol. it'd be bad like, so he just like they're like hey we want to make a board game with american Idol. And he's like fine all right we're gonna put you in it Fuck you. Maybe he was. <laughs> no you way. know what? Here's a conspiracy theory. Maybe he was trying to undermine and take down Paula and, and Randy because they're getting too much attention in the show. And so he put them on the game because he knew he was going to tank. And then he was like, I'm not going to be a part of it. I, my question is, did they actually get the competitors? Because you saw season three gear. Were those actual competitors? On yes, the, this is the, the actual top 32 from season three. Also, they feature songs on here. And the songs that are featured are oftentimes from people that were the the YouTube worthy rejections that are still alive on the internet today. For example, one of the cards is she bangs by William hung. Nice. So anyways, once you've constructed that performance, you're open to play judges on any, any player's performance. You can also play songs on any player's performance and you can also steal songs. So to steal a song, basically you place a brand new singer down. And if they have a higher, for example, my Noel rating was a three blue. If somebody played a, I don't know. I don't, I don't have somebody in front of me, but let's say Jennifer Hudson and she's got a four blue. She could take right. that blue song from Noel because she could perform it better mm-hmm. and then right. take over that option. So say she had a four blue and the song was a five blue. That becomes a nine performance. If your judges, so kind of the, the tactics here are if you play judges on other players' cards and you ever get their performance value down to zero, that performance is eliminated from the competition. And then this audition phase lasts. It goes around and around, and you can play again. You can play singers in front of you, and you can play songs on in front of you as or for for singers that are out on the table, whether they're yours or someone else's. And you can play judges in the same way. It goes around and around until somebody has three performances out on the table. Right. And once you have three performances out on the table, it has to go around one more time, and your turn has to start with three performances out on the table. And at that point. The game moves into the finals, and right. it's a brand new game. <laughs> so if you're confused by any of that, basically, it's a race to get two singers in front of you with performances attached, and at the same time, you can strengthen or kill off performances by throwing down judges to harshly criticize or take down other people's right. uh, performances. Three performances, wipe, but yeah. Wipe them off the board, yeah. So you can knock out people's performances, so... You're jo- basically just trying to jockey to be the first to get the three performances on the board. Right. So that's one game. <laughs> that's the first game. So then we move into the finals, which becomes a totally new game. It's like a weird so game it- of Uno. <laughs> right. Mm. So in the, in, in the finals, you have your performances from the first round, and they're out on the table. And then you take your hands, 
And everything that's on the card doesn't matter except for in the bottom left-hand corner, it tells you how many votes that card is worth. So you'll have these performances out. So for example, I have Noel singing Here, There, and Everywhere, which is uh, was a three blue, he was a three blue singer and this is a five blue song, but that doesn't matter anymore. Now it matters that he's worth five votes and the song is worth one vote. And so we go around and turn order and we play any card from our hand. It doesn't matter if it's a judge, another singer, or another song. And we add votes to that right. vote total. Just look down in the bottom right-hand corner, see the votes, and mm-hmm. slap it on the pile that you need to. That's and, right. Uh, and so this becomes a weird game of trying to make somebody have the lowest and making sure that you have the highest or not the lowest number of votes. So mm-hmm. we go around, we do an entire round where everyone has one card added to their performance. And then after that, you compare all the performances and whoever has the lowest total including and if they're tied all of them count they all get eliminated from the game you remove that third card that was added to all the performances you draw back up to seven cards and you repeat until there's one performance left standing right so going into that round the advantages that you gain from the first round or the first game is uh stronger core performances so performer plus the song um and then also just having more it's just you have more if you have more performances uh, it's just easier to stay in because it's kind of a, a game of survival, if you will. Yeah. But the more performers that you have out on the field, like I think Garrett had three, I had three, you had two. Mm-hmm. So the more performances that you have out on the field, the more you sort of have to juggle and protect your cards, yep. right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's this weird It's this weird balance of like, do I attack somebody else or do I bolster myself? Which, which I think is is It's is a great, good, good, yeah, good, great game, mechanic, good game design. Yeah, great strategy yeah. in there. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting, and, and again, your performance almost doesn't matter. So like the stats from the first round don't matter anymore. It's the vote number. So yeah. you can have this super strong performance in the additions, but then you're just looking at the votes, and and so that's also in a, in a way I kind of like that. It's it's weird because you're kind of balancing. Like for example, my I ended up winning the game because I played a card that was. I was able to get a card that lasted that was super weak in the auditions, but it was super strong in later later rounds. Which seemed to happen a lot. Like I, you know, I had Jennifer Hudson, which if you guys are familiar with the show, she won season three, and no, she was wrong. Oh, not wrong. she didn't win Fantasia. season three. Oh, that's Fantasia. right, Fantasia won. So I'm not familiar with the show enough, but yeah, she's probably the most successful from that season. Yes, uh, for sure. Okay, would agree. With so, that. Um, so yeah, I had Jennifer Hudson, and she um, was really strong in the performance part like she was good at several different genres but she didn't get very many votes so maybe she had that's one a, vote yeah maybe she that's only a, worth one vote at the end maybe that's a nod to the fact that she didn't win but i don't it just seemed like it was really <laughs> weird that they did that you'd think that if they were better at singing they'd also be better at getting votes or jeff i can tell you this is not a nod to the fact that she didn't win there is in fact a disclaimer here in the rules all card values are randomly assigned and are not based on oh, any okay. criteria. You know they had to put that in there because there were some people who were probably going to get really mad. Like, why the fuck am I a one? Well, William Hung got like a two. So I, I, William Hung was supposedly got more votes than Jennifer Hudson. So just to give you an idea. <laughs> that's ridiculous. His song did. It was, it was, it was wildly popular. Yeah, uh, he got his own album out of it. So That's true. Do? I, I get a couple. He's, he's quite successful now. Yeah, I think he's a poker player now. Anyways. <laughs> what? <this> is, what? <laughs> That's a nice lateral move, you know. American Idol contestant, professional. I like to diversify the things I do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I'm pretty sure these numbers aren't randomly assigned because I I think they're all 
fairly balanced across the board and that they're either strong in the beginning and then weak in the late or mm-hmm. vice versa or you know somewhere in the middle so I, i'm i'm fairly certain what's that awesome is that they probably you think the singers got um any royalties to it like any sort of hell i'm gonna guess no. not i'm gonna guess the second you signed the contract yeah, to be on tv all rights are yeah given yeah, to american yeah. idol yeah. except for simon who had him redo the contract and and he Took was his name out it's <laughs> my show i'm not gonna be in some <laughs> shitty board game mate yeah I, and and so that is the complex game design of american idol the collectible card game which i was very surprised with, with with the level of like the the what it's asking you to do like especially for an american idol card game i was sort of expecting to open this up and for it to be like the battle of the sexes i think what was nice you know, is that there was a level of mind gaming that we could do like you know right. the rules were set up in a way that like <laughs> you didn't know if i was going to play a strong card of my own or i was going to destroy your you know good set of cards with you know low numbers or whatever so that was kind of interesting yeah, I think it. So this game scales. You know, it's two to six players. I think it'd be interesting to see kind of in that larger player group. I, I think the game would take a significant amount of time, but it would be interesting to see. You would see more of that where with three players, you don't have to wait as long. Yeah, for you have to balance around. balance mm-hmm. your you know choices more. For, like I think one on one would be really weird to play in this game. I don't think it'd be very fun. But yeah, with three of us, it was at least starting to get to be a good number. I enjoyed yeah. it. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed playing. It was interesting i thought it was pretty good i just my the only critique that i had was i i thought that considering how complex with all the boons and banes that you could add to your performances in the beginning of the game i felt that there was sort of an imbalance between that and the final stages of the game where you stripped away everything and then you just had you had only the point value or the vote value of the cards in the bottom right hand corner yeah so mm-hmm. all the text was gone ever all the everything else was gone we essentially played the same round, and like towards the end of it, I was asking you, "Okay, so we're just going to do the same thing again?" You're like, "Yep." <laughs> I'll talk about yeah. it more in my review, but I just felt like they had a shotgun approach to like a ton of different things, and they didn't do mm-hmm. like one, one or two things really, really well. Um, they, and but I, they also didn't completely fail on, on any one yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, where where you're just like pulling your hair out by the end of it, right? I, and, I feel and like the game it's... forces itself towards a conclusion, which is a major problem with a lot of the games that we play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it's kind of like one of those things where on this podcast, like you ever see the Red Bull commercials where it's like they drive their flying contraption into the water Mm -hmm. and like they're just trying to see if it flies or if it floats. I think what we're doing on this podcast is similar to that. (laughs) When we come yeah, when we come across a board game that actually makes it like 40, 50 feet so before excited. crashing like, into the water. Wow, that guy actually got pretty far. <laughs> like that is pretty the, good. It's it's the Red Bull uh, Fluten, Flutendrog or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's, I think it's like German. But that is, I think that's what the show is, is for taking a look <laughs> at board games. And sometimes there's, it's not a good board game. I wouldn't want to buy a ticket on it, on that you know airplane if you know what i'm saying king of the jesters is what the way i like to put it but yeah (laughs) it's always very impressive when you see a competent game actually mixed Mm -hmm. into uh the collections that we're reviewing and i thought this was competent i thought that the images were uh i i could i couldn't tell if they were taken for the cards or if it was no they were they were so they they pulled a cardinal here and just got screen grabs from from this the actual show itself and i I actually think they used the promotional material for the the final 32 
but oh, yeah. the the songs are stills from their actual performances during the during the auditions, and then mm-hmm. the judges are actual stills from when they're judging. Yeah, I was gonna say all, all, all conveniently cropped. Sorry, go ahead. All yeah. conveniently cropped to not show a certain man in a white t-shirt with his nipples a little protruding, protruding a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say, there's uh there's no way that William Hung made Final Thirty Two, so I can. When you're explaining that the songs were from the editions, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> As a total aside, you know, one thing that I miss from like the American Idol stuff was like when they would do the record scratch. <laughs> like they're doing like their promo for tonight on American Idol. You're going to see, you're going to see <laughs> stars and like a couple of really good singers and then record scratch. And <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy. And it's just like some guy Mohawk. eating like Mohawk trying to sing while his mouth is filled with jelly beans or something like that. Singing Celine Dion or something. Those random. are the stills that I won on my cards, man. Why didn't we get more of the more of the crazy stuff? I think the craziest thing that I saw on the, the cards that we had was like two guys wearing beanies. Like <laughs> pointing at the judges singing jive talking, jive talking, jive talking by the Bee Gees. I also liked um, when the judges were like impressed or like terrified. Like they would always mm-hmm. like do this thing where they'd raise their eyebrows and then they would just look at each other. <laughs> That's like yeah. the, the the best form of like nonverbal communication ever. They're just mm-hmm. like ooh. And and those moments in the uh, in the show, what was actually funny is when we first started playing this and you were like reading the card types you get, right? Where, mm-hmm. like, I think two of the songs that would receive six points or would receive at least six votes were The Star Spangled Banner and uh, a song. Uh, what was it called? It's it was called A Song of My Own, which is, I, think, song I think it's like an infamous own. phrase when, when anybody would get up on in their audition. They're like, I want to perform a song of my own. And the judges are like, well, you can just go ahead and leave because <laughs> right. I don't know how the song's supposed to be performed. Right. So they give it like they, they, they rate that one highly. The fans rate that one highly. But I think... Uh, what that there were also like multiplier cards for your for your side where it was just like uh i've had a change of heart mm-hmm. or something like that where they have these phrases that are specifically sprinkled in throughout the show that i was like i didn't even know that i would remember and i yeah. was like yeah i actually do remember them saying that on the show so kudos to the designers of the game for actually making me go actually yeah that is kind of a, a thematic label for a card to have an effect of multiplying your score by two or getting rid of a negative judge comment on your performance, you know, the, the change of heart card. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple of like special ability cards that I thought really lended itself to the, uh, to the theming of the game. Yeah. I think you guys have heard us talk about our perspectives of the game and really how it works, but let's see what sort of the general web consensus of is here. And I think a lot of people sort of reacted similarly in the way that we did, didn't they? Yeah, it seems like some people were just like everyone was like, "Well, I didn't expect this," or you know, "I I bought this just like Garrett at like half price books or something, and not as bad <laughs> as it could have been," sort of thing. You know, we're getting a lot of that. So, um, I'll read one here from Starblind. He says, "Definitely not a not as bad as it could have been," sort of game. It's kind of nice that it uses real contestants and real songs. Paula and Randy are represented as well, but Simon is a generic silhouette named Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Some real trivia as flavor text would have um, spiced things up quite a bit. Uh, worth a look for fans, oh, that's a good point. but not a game to cherish by any means. So pretty fair. He that's gave a it a good, five. Yeah, that's a good point about the flavor text. Yeah, I, I, yeah that that would have gone pretty far. Hearing some of like Simon's best insults on that. Well, you then you don't have Simon in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of exactly. hard to do when you're taking out like some of the most quotable people. Uh, here's one from MMACCG. 
he gave it a nine. He loved this game. He said this game was way. Then he spelled it with like five A's. More fun than anyone in my playgroom expected. Playgroup expected it to be. Used to play it at work in the break room with my coworkers at the old yarn factory. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's in a yarn factory <laughs> playing playing American Idol. That's that's great. When we finally tried it, we were all hooked. Hopefully, I'll find a copy to bring to a game night eventually. So that's he cool. is. Uh, he, he he was really down with it. He was very pleased with the uh, the way the game worked. So you can grab this for three dollars with free shipping on Amazon. It only really? has one review though, so you're gonna have to kind of go off of this from Skyblaze. I have this card game. It was given to me, but never played it. Had it now for a few years. It's in very good condition. I thought it may be worth something, but it would seem not. I'm more interested in selling it. If anyone has any info on it or would like to get it from me, contact me at. I'm not going to read their email, but uh, they gave it five stars. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's like you're seeing some average, you're seeing some higher than average stuff. You're seeing some people wanting to hawk this thing over the internet for, for you know, cold hard cash. So most of your most of your pretty standard, you know, up the alley reactions that we're sort of having with this as well. By, by the way, this reached number 2,451,242 best seller in the toys and games category oh, on, pretty uh, good amazon yeah so. wow pretty good it's ranking up there well i could the... sell a plastic ball and probably beat it <laughs> that's too bad never never took off which it would just I, I i mean yeah i mean I, I think we can clearly see the delineation and like you can't quite tell where this lines up with mm-hmm. american idol fans and gamer yeah fans. Yeah. yeah you guys know the uh the the designer of the game, uh, or one of the designers, James Ernest, has actually been producing board games and creating board games for... His last one came out in 2013. It was called Pairs. And that one's actually pretty pretty notable. It's got... Um, it I think it, like, it has over 4,000 people who own the game, or at least say they own the game on Board Game Geek. And mm-hmm. it, that one was ranked like 2,000 overall. So like the, I'm not surprised that the mechanics worked out so well for this game. Especially considering that, yeah, at least the people behind the design of it were somewhat competent. Like he found a cheap ass, right? Yeah, he found a cheap ass game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that we've gotten to take a look at a little bit of the uh, online presence here, who wants to start things off and sort of share their uh, point of view on this bad boy? Well, I've got some thoughts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like like I just said, I think the real issue with this game is its inability to connect with the theme. I think the overall theming isn't quite there and i think it could i don't know that it ever at least the game in its current form could have ever quite made it there i think there's an issue with again the people that are watching american idol and the in general the people that would be playing a game of this weight Mm -hmm. however i think what they could have done to improve those things is like you guys were saying add a couple flavor text quotes um maybe actually give some song categories instead of green blue red and yellow yeah which which i kind of think is pretty humorous uh i kind of wonder if maybe you know james designed this game and he kind of like sent it over and he's like just put whatever you want on this and they're like no this works green blue yellow this this is great you'll just oh (laughs) that's interesting so you think that he actually already had this game sort of designed it in his back pocket right and then they came to him they were like we need an american idol game he's like i got just the thing yeah i I think i think that's i think that's highly probable in fact Mm -hmm. i do like the fact that at the beginning of the game 
you know, I think it thematically lines up that you have the gatekeepers being the judges and like that determines whether or not you can kind of get to the finals. And then once you're in the finals, it's just based on the votes. It is kind of weird in a, in a gaming perspective, like all the stuff that you've done is kind of inversely related and like what was strong in the first round is now weak in the second round, but it, it lines up with the show. So I, I, I like that a lot. Um, I think art, they could have, done a number on i think they could have done more than just grabbing stills um although i think that probably with a collectible card game which is what they tried to do is you know pretty pretty standard but the backgrounds are all just like solid red or solid black or not black green or blue or yellow or Mm -hmm. silver so i think they could have just touched that up a little bit um and then other than that you know i think the rules were a bit convoluted you know they're kind of all over the place they Mm-hmm. jump from first round and second round while you're going through it and, and and that is a little bit tough yeah um but yeah the game itself you know i would i would rate fairly highly and i just i think you got to take off points for it being supposed to be a thematic representation of american idol and also trying to market to american idol fans so um with that i'm probably going to give it a, a fairly high score here i'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put it up there with my higher higher ranked games, and I'm gonna say five point five. Nice, really nice. Yeah, um, I'll I'll make mine short and sweet. So I thought uh, the game handled itself really well. I was very surprised by the mechanics and the level of interaction that it sort of developed between the players. Uh, I thought that the two phases to the game was really nice. It was really thematic. The only critique that I have was that it, you sort of stripped away the intricacies of the game to a very repetitive form and and you know something that I think I was starting to lose or like my interest was definitely waning towards the end of the game and uh it wasn't it wasn't my favorite way to cap it off rather than ramping up and like the tension being heightened as it is in American Idol as you get to the final rounds to me I felt like it was just sliding away towards the inevitable yeah yeah there really wasn't a lot of uh there really wasn't a lot of attention that was being developed in those final moments of the game which doesn't really lend itself to the theme so it did a lot of things right it did a couple of things wrong uh but the couple things wrong that it did didn't do well on were pretty important to me so i'm going to give this maybe a 4.9 not quite breaking the five okay and i'll go last i think you guys echoed or i'll echo a lot of the things that you guys already said for me, it felt like the game shotgunned and um, tried to touch on a lot of different things. I'll, to Garrett's point earlier, it, it didn't really bomb on um, on everything, but um, I felt like the mechanics in the first half of the game were good, um, but the theming was poor. They could have like something really easily. They they could have really easily put genres instead of colors. Um, I thought that was just a really super simple thing. Um, I did like though that when they had songs, um, they would. Um, they put a, usually put a picture of whoever sang that song. Um, so that mm-hmm. was part of the sort of collectible part of it, um, of the game. Um, and then, yeah, switching gears to, like, the second half, like, I like the fact that they had a finals, quote, finals round. Um, but all the contestants moved forward. And, again, like, the voting system was really weird. It seemed like it was, like, an Uno mechanic um, where you just kind of put cards on one on top of another and just kind of um, block people from doing things. It wasn't very strategic compared to the first half. So it just mm-hmm. it really fell short felt fell short for me there, um, yeah. I think otherwise, like it, um, it was a, there's a lot more layers of complexity that I thought. Um, I just felt like the second half was fell short. I felt like thematics fell short, and then um, you know obviously like artwork 
wasn't really there. But again, it's a collectible game, so I don't, I'm not going to bash it too hard for that. I'm going to give this a four and a half. All right, so Garrett going a little high on this one than the rest of us, huh? Yeah, I, I, I think the gameplay is solid. I totally agree. I, di- I didn't mention it, but what you said about it kind of fading off in the end is totally true. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was an excellent game design. So what does this put our average at? This puts the Rough Draft Games boys average to 4.97. We are... 0.07 away from the board game geek average of 4.9 so we are pretty much in the right uh, on the money know, yeah, right, right on the, the money yeah. with with kind of how the community at least the board game geek community feels about this um yeah so yeah I, it's one of actually i think it is the closest we've gotten tell me this Garrett. would you recommend that that collectors probably not the average listener but mm-hmm. more of the collectors, the connoisseurs of card games, board games, would you recommend that they actually pick this up for $3.99 since you can get it on Amazon? For a card game, pro- I probably wouldn't recommend it. I think there's a very specific group that would be interested in this, and that is a hardcore gamer that also really likes American Idol. And I think that is not, <laughs> not a lot of section. overlap there. Yeah. That is not a large percentage of people. Um so yeah, I, I don't think I'd recommend it. Although it does have some great mechanisms, um, I just don't know. I, I I'm not 100 percent sure how innovative they are. I, I certainly haven't seen the exact way they've done that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I certainly you've seen things be important in one round, and then they are detrimental. Um, you can think of like Dominion, for example, where like right. you need those victory point cards, but they're they're really hurting your deck. So, well, if if you at home happen to cross that Venn diagram, if you got your Venn diagram in front of you, you got one circle that says American Idol, you got one circle that says uh, board game fan or card game fan or avid collector, and you happen to be right in the middle. We would love to hear from you because we will gladly send you any links. Uh, we'll, we're, we're working out a sponsorship deal with Half Price Books where we'll be able to do like a halfpricebooks.com <laughs> slash roll and move. So if you hit us up on Twitter at Rough Draft Games, we'll be happy to hit you up with our eventual coupon code so that we... <laughs> can make sure that you get your hands on this American Idol uh, card game. And Paula, Randy, if you guys are interested in joining the podcast yourselves, we would love to have your opinions. Um, I would, I think we just need that positivity on this. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. we're quite low on our ratings here. Right, but we don't, we don't need McNasty. We don't need, yeah, all that nasty guy can't join. But And I don't think you'd want to. I don't think he's really interested in this kind of crossover. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead and send us an email, please, if you're interested in that. Roughdraftgames at gmail.com. We would love to respond. And lastly, if you want to come check out Rough Draft Games' song of our own, you can check out All Rise, the game that we're working on on our website at roughdraftgames.com. We also have music set up um, in our thematic page, which will help you uh, figure out what music and food and other thematic things to do while you're um, while you're playing certain games. And of course, there are episodes of Roll and Mover also on that website, so come check us out. And also, we would like to go ahead and thank everyone who's gone to iTunes and given us five stars, and we encourage everyone to do that. It helps get the word out on what we're doing here and helps uh, to expand our little community to the masses. So, Garrett, you've always told me that you wanted to be on Survivor, that that is sort of a bucket list item for you. Are you ready to add America? American Idol to that list. Well, I think that. But maybe... before you answer that, let's go to this commercial break. Oh. Bye.